the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How about some common sense? I know that seems to be too much to ask about a lot of things in 2020. We're going to do an update today on one of the dumbest stories in the history of sports. Actually, it's one of the dumbest stories in the history of the human race, making girls or women compete against boys or men in athletics. We've talked about it a lot here. There are lots of people out there, including the people who run Nike, the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville Predators. They've signed a letter in protest against a proposed law in Tennessee that would require males, no matter what they think they are, to compete against males. I think it would be safe to assume that anybody who's been around sports long enough to be involved in an NFL or NHL team would know how ridiculous it is to think it's okay for 17-year-old boys to race against 18-year-old girls unless they're driving cars. Nike also signed the letter. Well, you wouldn't think that anything this stupid would require more than a 10-second discussion, much less lawyers and politicians, but that's what's going on in Connecticut, and if the human race is lucky... Common sense will prevail. I wouldn't bet on it, though. When we come back, we'll tell you the latest from Connecticut and find out the chances of putting an end to that stupidity. Stick around. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company. For roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. She's such a beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block and neighbors always say, her hair is so beautiful. Healthy and shiny and glossy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Fatty acids, omega-3s, and omega-6s are great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. I would really recommend people starting their puppies on Dynavite before they get into what I would call the misery index. Bad skin, bad ears, bad breath. Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the allergies. Grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it. And the itching and shedding down the road. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. Dynavite for life. This is Ed Lukasevic. And Cindy Lukasevic. Inviting you and your pets to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. 
but I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. High school track season starts soon. That means there's a lot of potential for a lot of stupidity. You know, boys competing against girls. We've been following the case in Connecticut where two boys competed as girls and won every event they entered and broke lots of records on their way to state championships. There are new developments in this story. Fred Lucas of the Daily Signal wrote about them today. He joins us now. Fred, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So we've been following the story here uh, at the station uh, We've been following this story in Connecticut for a while. You had the newest developments at the Daily Signal. So what's going on now with this story? Uh, well, so, uh, yeah, just yesterday, actually, there was a federal lawsuit filed um, there in the uh, U.S. federal court in Connecticut um, by by three three high school girls, all, all from three different high schools in the state, uh, in, in which they are uh, alleging this is a Title IX Violation and Title IX is a part of the federal law uh, in which requires um, uh, equality of opportunity for uh, females in high school and, and college sports. Um, so what 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 we're seeing now is that this is going to different level. Previously, uh, there is also currently an investigation by the U.S. Department of Education into the Connecticut policy. Uh, which allows biological boys to play girl sports. I, I wonder if, if this version of the, uh, the, the Department of Education is going to be more sympathetic to the girls uh, who are suing than uh, it might have been pre-Trump. Um, that, that's a good question. I mean, some of the, a lot of these investigators are uh, on, on the civil service side, so that's not a... That's not a guarantee that it would be necessarily an administration issue. Um, how, however, uh, I think what we've seen in most cases is that um, generally uh, these type of decisions that come down on these type of matters uh, generally reflect the administration in power. So, so I, I think I think we probably will see uh, the education department maybe come down on the side of the girls on this uh and as far as the connecticut's transgender rules now are we talk we've talked here on the show about uh selena soul before uh mm-hmm. her, her story has gotten national attention she was a girl who got uh who lost out against a couple of boys uh last year or so um and what's the background on the two other girls that are filing a suit they they they've they've joined her in the suit but, right, right. Uh, yes. Uh, well, it, it, it turns out they 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 also were, uh, and they I think were uh, cautious about putting their names out into the public. Um, they 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 were actually listed as anonymous in the education department uh, complaint that uh, that was made at the federal level. Uh, that that was not, actually not a litigation or a lawsuit. That was just uh, going through a federal agency. Uh, in this case, they are putting their names on the lawsuit, and they're willing to uh, speak out in public. I think, obviously, it's a very politically charged issue, uh, and when people do speak out and put their name out there, I, th- I think, understandably, particularly when you're in high school, and particularly their, their parents probably had some concern uh, that they may get targeted by political pressure groups and so forth. But... Uh, so I mean, this this does take this is a gutsy move, I think, to yeah. to be willing to get involved in this. And I, I think you, um, uh, these, these girls, uh, they, they also Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Mitchell, uh, she was actually ranked as one of the fastest girls in the entire state uh, in the 55 meter dash competition. Um, 
prior to she would have won uh, these races. Uh, that the same is true for Alana Smith uh, and, and, and one of the races. Uh, Chelsea Smith uh, and, and Alana Smith and uh, Masol, but all, all, all of these uh, girls probably would have been in a position where they could have won certain college scholarships or would have been in a, a position for recruitment, so forth, uh, for track and field in, at the college level had they not been beaten in certain races or missed out on state championships. Well, it's interesting that this stupidity has been going on for this long, and this is the first lawsuit. Well, right. That, that's true. Uh, these, these things do move in stages. As I mentioned, they, they tried going through the federal agency level. And I understand that the Education Department, that we did talk about we don't know what, what way they're necessarily going based on a difference of administration, but uh, I, I believe they, the department is sort of dragging its feet, and that's why they've escalated it to uh, civil litigation. Well, uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting story to follow. This seems like a pretty good development. Uh, Fred, I appreciate yeah, and it. could be one of those deals that goes into the, up to the Supreme Court. I mean, we're already seeing uh, the ACLU put out a statement today uh, ripping into, into this lawsuit uh, uh, and, and the plaintiffs and so forth. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the political battle lines have been drawn. Uh, one, one important thing, I think, uh, and I uh, mentioned this in the story, uh, these girls that are part of this lawsuit, they're, they're not of a particular political bent or anything. Uh, they, they're just looking at this as a matter of fairness. Um, they don't know what the solution is as far as the transgender issue goes, but they think that the, the way Connecticut's uh, policy is right now, and it's a policy similar in 19 states across the country. But the way it is now is just not really fair. Yeah, it would be amazing if they actually, you know, let common sense prevail, but that probably too much to ask here. Hey, hey, Fred, I appreciate you being on, and we'll be keeping up uh, up to date on this story. Thanks a lot. Oh, yeah, thank you. Okay. Well, Elias Defending Freedom is representing the three girls in the lawsuit, and Matt Sharp is Senior Counsel and State Government Relations Director at ADF, and he joins us now. Matt, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So is this all going to be based on somebody's interpretation of Title IX? Well, I don't think it's just an interpretation. I think it's a clear look at what does Title IX do, and it ensures equal opportunities to enjoy the benefits, including winning and being at the top of the podium, competing in tournaments, equal opportunities for female athletes. And that's what's being denied to these Connecticut female athletes that we're representing. They don't have equal opportunities. Time and time again, it is males at the top of the podium, males dominating in the tournaments, males breaking their records, and that is, in our view, a violation of what Title IX is intended to do for female athletes. I agree with you, but how much of, of Title IX uh, is going to be up for interpretation by someone else? I mean, it seems common sense to me, but um, uh, this has gone on for a while, and, and lots of people are fighting this. Yeah, well, fortunately, the, the Title IX case law is very strong. It talks about ensuring that there is equality of opportunity and quality competition and specifically talks about some of the chances to participate in postseason. And that's what our clients that we're representing have been denied. Um, Selena was denied the opportunity to compete in championships because a spot was taken by one of these male athletes. And so I think in terms of what the courts have said and what Title IX says, this is going to be a, a strong instance of how policies like Connecticut's are violating not just the spirit of Title IX, but the letter itself. Um, so, but how much of the suit is, can be just based on common sense, that, that males are different from females, and it's ridiculous to think that they can compete fairly against one another? Yeah, it, there's definitely the common sense component, and it's, it's common sense that's based on not only what we all see in our everyday lives, but science. Uh, we've actually got a, an expert, uh, Dr. Brown, who knows the subject forward and backward and goes on to great lengths describing the physiological differences between male and female and why it is simply unfair to ever expect females to be able to fairly compete with guys. And that's why we have separate teams. That's why what these girls are seeking is a level playing field to be able to use their athletic abilities to their fullness and not be denied winning and other benefits because guys are allowed on the team. 
I don't know about you, Matt, but I don't need a scientist. You know, I I just I've kind of paid attention that yeah when you when you when two male athletes, well conditioned male athletes, run against two females, pretty good chance the males are going to win. Uh, do you need a scientist to, to to prove that to somebody? Yeah, I think all you need to do is attend one of these track meets to see how far these fel- these male athletes. Uh, are in advance of the girls as they're running um, to see how many places they're taking at the podium. Um, it is common sense, and it's something that any student, any parent can see. I think how one of the girls described it best is you step up to the starting line knowing you can't win, mm-hmm. and it's a foregone conclusion. I think that's what everybody sees with this and, and why there's been so much support for these courageous young girls taking a stand. Well, t- speaking of taking a stand, and I know this isn't part of your um, uh, deal here, but I wrote, I wrote a column about this uh, several months ago when this story first broke. And what I've been saying, and I don't seem to be getting a lot of uh, people agreeing with me or following up on it, it, it would seem pretty simple to me. I mean, I'm glad that uh, ADF is involved and, uh, and you're trying to help out. But what, what I think would help more than anything would be for these girls, when they show up at a track, just get together, and when they show up at a track meet, and there are two males rush, racing against them on the other team, they walk away and let the two males race against each other and just say, we're not going to beat them. We're, it's, it's an insult to our intelligence. We're not going to run and, and get the parents to back them on that. It would end in 15 minutes because there'd be nobody for them to compete against. Well, I, I, I never want a girl, and, and I've got a young daughter myself, yeah. I never want a girl to be in that position to be on the sideline. Absolutely. And, and I know yeah. particularly with these you know, there's recruiters there, and, and they're hopeful of thinking, you know, maybe they'll see my talent. Maybe they'll see my ability. Maybe they'll look past just that number at the end that's being dominated by a guy and see what I can do. And, and that's my concern is that uh, as these girls are looking to recruiters and college opportunities and, and scholarships, um, that they're going to be denied as long as these guys are allowed to compete. And so that's one of the reasons we're, we went to court and are asking for an injunction because we want an immediate stop to this policy so that these girls can win, can compete, can compete for those scholarships and those coveted places on college teams. I, I, I couldn't agree more, but I, I, I guess my point is that uh, if, they, if they refuse to run, uh, unless it was only running against other girls, there would be no race. Nobody would be evaluated because there wouldn't be a race. There'd be two guys racing against each other. Yeah, I, I think if if you talk to these girls, their their fierce competitive nature says, you know what, they're going to get out there and and Try they're to going to strive, and and they know that's right. They know the outcome. You know, again, it, it's it's undeniable the advantage that these guys have. But these girls have a competitive spirit, and that's what's driving them to compete. But it's also what's driving them to take a stand for their rights and the rights of other athletes in Connecticut and across the country. So, uh, what would the effect of a win in this suit have on issues in other states? Well, this is going to send a clear direction that other states that have similar policies to Connecticut's, uh, that it violates Title IX, that they can't maintain these policies that take away women's opportunities. So we hope this sets a precedent across the country that any school, any athletic association that allows biological males to compete on female teams is going to get sued because of their violating Title IX and its protections for women athletic opportunities. Um, and... Uh, what what uh, th- th- this this um this uh, success that these these guys are having, uh, just how much how much success are they having, and what's been the results of their competing against women? Yeah, it, it's been a, a sweep a lot of times in many of these competitions. Um, I think there's been something around 15 uh, different records that have been broken, smashed by these guys, records that had been held by dozens of female athletes. Uh, there has been numerous competitions, championships, where these two biological males have placed one and two consistently. I think it was something out of like... 13 out of the last 14 championships uh, since they've started competing, these two guys have been at the top two spots on the podium. And so from these girls' perspective, they say if just one other guy started competing, girls would be completely locked out of the podium position. But it has been a clear uh, signal that girls cannot expect to win, cannot expect to be at the top of the podium as long as these biological males are allowed to compete. Would or or should uh, their dominance be enough evidence for a judge to put an end to the stupidity? Would, would that be? Should it be enough? And will it? 
I would hope so. Again, the Title IX and, and the cases interpreting it have all said this is about the access to those benefits and opportunities, including the opportunity to win. And when these girls are being systematically, repeatedly denied the chance to win, knowing that there is no hope for them to be at the top of that podium, I would hope that would be enough for a judge to see this policy is violating the opportunities that Title IX was designed to ensure women have access to. Uh, But we're not going to rest on that. We're going to come with the science and we already are we're coming with the statistics we're coming with the law backing us up because we believe this is not only a matter of common sense but it's a matter of science of law and of fairness talking to matt sharp he is senior counsel and state government relations director at alliance defending freedom uh, the equality act is out there it's been um, supported by every democrat in the house and it includes uh part of the law says that um transgender women in this case uh men can't compete can't be prevented from competing against uh biological women so how does i mean how would a lawsuit how 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 is a lawsuit like this going to stand up against the equality act if that would pass well again our view is that connecticut is relying on its own state version of the equality act to justify their policy and so our view is just like Connecticut's state policy violates Title IX, we think the principles of Title IX would be violated by the Equality Act. And that's why it was so encouraging to see radical feminists testify in opposition to the Equality Act on this exact issue, to speak up and say, we think there are problems with the Equality Act, that it's going to undermine opportunities for women. And so we've been so encouraged to see that this is not a, a an issue of political uh, differences. This can unite both the left and the right um, from a variety of views across the political spectrum who all recognize we've got to protect women's opportunities in sports. Yeah, now, do, do you get the feeling, Matt, that the people who are okay with men competing against women are just agenda-driven, or could it be possible that they're actually that clueless when it comes to knowing anything about sports? Because you can't know anything yeah. about sports and actually believe what they're, what they're selling. No, I, I think this is an agenda-driven. Uh, in fact, I, I heard one person in talking about these, uh, these situations say, well, girls don't have the right to win. You've got the right to compete, but not the right to win. Yeah, right. And that shows me they don't, they don't care that these girls are being denied the opportunity. They, they know what it means when they're allowing a biological male to compete. They know the outcome. Um, but their agenda is more important than what it means for these girls. And, and our view in all of this is we want every student to compete. I don't care how a student identifies, but we want to do it on a level playing field so that biological males are competing with males and biological females are competing against other females. And that's what we're fighting for in this is just a common sense preservation of opportunities for everyone and especially for female athletes. Uh, track season starts soon. If it hasn't started already, uh, could this lawsuit affect who's allowed to compete this season? Uh, well, this is one of the reasons we're asking for an immediate injunction uh-huh. from the courts to uh, to help make sure that these girls, uh, two of them are about to graduate. They're seniors. We want them and here their last few months at school to be able to have the opportunities they've been striving for. So that's why we're asking for immediate court action to solve this. And what what's the time frame normally on something like this? What are the chances of you being able to get the injunction before this track season is over? Well, uh, it's obviously, you know, sometimes courts are fast, sometimes they're slow, um, but we plan on pushing this as hard as we can and as fast as we can. Uh, You know, we would love to see something here uh, as soon as possible before the end of the track season, before the end of school, um, so that whether it's spring or or early summer, um, that as track seasons are going on, competitions are going on, that these girls will be allowed to complete on a level playing field. Hey, Matt, I appreciate you joining us. I have like 10 seconds. Do you think this is uh, going to... Uh, end up in the Supreme Court? Uh, I hope not. I hope that this is such common sense that courts quickly rule for us and it doesn't go there. But if so, we're willing to stand with these female athletes as long as it takes to get justice. Matt, thanks for standing up to the stupidity. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. Okay, that's Matt Sharp, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Senate has approved a bipartisan measure limiting President Trump's authority to launch military operations against Iran. The resolution says Mr. Trump must seek approval from Congress before engaging in further military action against Iran if it reaches his desk. It is expected the president will veto the measure. 
Authorities say a six-year-old South Carolina girl who disappeared earlier in the week after getting off her school bus has been found dead. Homicide investigation is underway now. Faye Marie Swetlick disappeared on Monday. The upper Midwest getting its share of winter weather with some of the coldest air this season, crossing parts of the Midwest and Northeast through the end of the week. Stocks finishing lower as investors turn cautious following news of a surge in the coronavirus cases. The Dow dropped 128 points, the Nasdaq off nearly 14, and the S&P was down 5. This is SRN News. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt, and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad. I got to a point where I needed some help, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496 to talk to a certified counselor. They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together. Trinity will consolidate your accounts to into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. My name is Stephanie, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. Jay Sekulow and crew explain the failed impeachment. So Adam Schiff and his team, they totally failed. Um, let me just be clear about that. Uh, he could talk all he wants, be nasty all he wants, say oh, we're, we were unprepared, this and that, this, that. They failed. They could not convince the moderate Republicans to even go along, enough moderate Republicans to go along with what they wanted, which to extend this trial and add witnesses. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1250. The answer. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. Talk to your doctor about creating a plan that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W- Yes, Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Let's start out with a look at the Parkway North. It is really heavy outbound from 28 up to Hazlitt Street. Outbound 28, busy Veterans Bridge to the 40th Street Bridge. Parkway West, jamming up outbound Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. And inbound Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel really backed up on the outbound side of the Parkway East County Jail and from there to Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Disabled vehicle now cleared out, still all tied up through there. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Tonight, rather cloudy skies with a few snow showers. Breezy during the evening. Watch for a rapid freeze up with a low 15. Tomorrow, a few morning flurries. Otherwise, periods of sun and clouds with a high 21. Tomorrow night, clear and cold with a low of 12. Thickening clouds for Saturday with a high 38. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, Jussie Smollett is back in the news. Uh, no, he didn't stage another hate crime. He's been indicted on six counts of disorderly conduct, uh, felonies, by the way, because of the hoax he tried to get away with last year. He's still running around telling people he's innocent. He should get some jail time for what he did. Professor Wilford C. Riley is a social scientist, the author of Hate Crime Hoax, and a new book that we'll get to in a minute. He joins us now. Thanks for being here, Wilford. Yeah, glad to be back on the line with you, John. Yeah, good to have you back. So uh, does an example uh, need to be made of Jussie to discourage people who might be thinking of, you know, drawing some attention to themselves with a hate hoax? Yes. I mean, it feels somewhat bad to say that about you know, another young man and so on. But yes, I mean, the Jesse Smollett case is one of the most ridiculous examples of an intentional hate hoax that we've ever seen in the USA. I mean, this guy claimed that he was attacked by two MAGA hat wearing individuals and quote unquote patriotic ski masks. He somehow still knew they were white. They were carrying a knotted rope newts. They had a gallon bottle of bleach with him. They beat him just because he was black and gay. He was able to heroically fight off both of them and flee, still holding a tuna sub or whatever it was. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars, thousands of police man hours were wasted on this complete wild rabbit chase. Um, yeah, if it turns out that there's a bit more evidence and it's obvious now that he made this up, we all knew that from the beginning, then, yeah, he should face jail time just like anybody else would. Yeah, and, and you, you forgot to mention that it was about 2 o'clock in the morning when this happened and about 12 degrees outside. <laughs> when this, oh, yeah, I, these, I, forgot, I forgot those elements. Yeah, these guys decided to beat somebody up. It was a, you know, a good time to, to do it, not to mention about why he was out on the street at that time. Um and how common are hoaxes like the one attempted by Jussie? Uh, they're, they're fairly common. Now, obviously, there are many real hate crimes. If someone says that they experienced some racial violence outside a biker bar, a tough black club at 2 a.m., that could have happened. But if you look at the top 25, this is in my next book, most widely reported recent hate crime incidents, the literal majority of them, if you look at Jussie Smollett, Yasmin Saweed and the torn hijab. Let's not forget Covington Catholic, what was done with those kids, whether or not actual charges were filed there. Erica Thomas, the dreadlock cutting case in Washington, D.C., Duke Lacrosse, Wisconsin Parkside with the Nooses, Goucher College. All of those that I just mentioned turned out to be fake. So this isn't a one-off incident, or this isn't something conspiratorial that's being made up on the political right. This happens all the time, especially on the American University campus. And as an African-American yourself, um, does this, what, what, I mean, is how do you look at this and how it affects you and other black people in America when someone fakes a hoax and then maybe something actually happens to you or another black person and their credibility is destroyed? Well, I think that there's a very diverse range of hate crime hoaxers. I mean, I'm certainly willing to take responsibility for things like crime in the black community, but I don't, I don't think this is mostly a black thing. Um, the two groups that had the highest rate of hate hoaxing actually were Caucasian college students and Muslim Americans for whatever reason. But leave, even leaving race aside, I think it's a great question. Yes, obviously, and this is true for sexual assault on campuses as well, by the way. If many, many people publicize something that's considered horrible, it's so bad you would expel or arrest someone just for doing it, and it turns out they're faking, it's just a bunch of made-up lies, then, yeah, that's going to negatively affect the first real victim with bruises that comes forward. I mean, Jesse Smollett is a national joke now. I mean, Dave Chappelle did one of his best routines about Juicy Smollett, the mad Frenchman. So if someone actually is beaten up by two white guys, I think the initial response from a bunch of tough city cops is going to be, did that really happen? And, yeah, that's a shame. That's a problem. And should everybody, black, white, whatever, um, has it gotten to the point where when you hear about a sto when you hear a story like this, that your first inclination should be to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to feel too sorry for this person yet. Let me find out if it's true. Well, I think one thing from the actual academic article I'm working on about this is that there are certain characteristics of a hate crime hoax. One is a flamboyant, crazy story. 
One is the pursuit of the media or the GoFundMe rather than just the police. I mean, frankly, if your female cousin comes to you and says, you know, I was the victim of racial violence or God forbid I was assaulted. I mean, you should respond to that as you would very sympathetically. But if someone says, you know, I was just walking down the street 3 a.m. like you do and two guys in Klan robes jumped out of the bushes in midtown Manhattan and they started beating me. I mean, yes, your response to that should be this could be that bull. Like this seems very unlikely. So look for the cinematic story. Another thing to look for, I will say, in my day job, I teach a lot of policy and criminal justice classes. So coming from a law enforcement perspective, another thing to look for is just the absence of evidence. There are cameras everywhere. I got a ticket for driving too fast the other day where there were no people. So if you see someone claim that they were beaten by three people, three black guys, three white guys, well, where's the video of that? Where's right. the evidence of that? Describe the guys. Don't say black guy. If you can't do that, probably a hoax. Yeah, and it, uh, it's almost impossible to do anything now without it being... Uh, captured on somebody's phone or some video or some security camera somewhere. I think Jussie found that out, didn't he? He sure did, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and uh, now you could get into, I'm going to keep it PG-13, but there are entire websites devoted to fights in the street or mm-hmm. couples hooking up outdoors, so on, people that don't know they're being videoed. So you could really complain and criticize this drone technology we have. But the plus side of this is it really helps the boys in law enforcement and women, of course, do their job. So if someone says, well, I was on the corner, where was Jesse? He was in Streeterville, the corner of Addison, Michigan, maybe. But if someone says, I was on the corner of two busy streets in downtown Chicago when I got into a racial fistfight that lasted for 20 minutes, the first thing the police are going to say, and Jesse learned this, is, well, we're going to get the video from the superintendents of all these buildings, and we're going to check it out. We're going to observe that. And what they observed was that no such incident happened. Yeah, that's a little tough for you. Uh, we, we should point out, we're talking to Wilford C. Riley. He's a social scientist and a professor at Kentucky State University. And he's also written a book called Taboo, Ten Facts You Can't Talk About. Well, we're on the radio, uh, Wilford. we got to talk about it. So which fact would you like to not talk about first? Well, I think we can start by uh, not talking about the fact that the police aren't murdering black people. The book is a breakdown. So when I wrote Hate Crime Hoax, one of the reactions I got from buddies just playing basketball or golf was, don't you know they're going to come for you? You can't say certain things. And I thought it was really interesting that upper middle class Americans, especially my white friends, by the way, I think it would be even harder for people in that group than for me, were so afraid of normal conversations. So I sat down and I looked at some of the things you're not supposed to talk about. So the book includes Black Lives Matter. It includes the transgender movement, quote unquote. Uh, I criticize the alt-right. I discuss race and IQ. I discuss immigration. So the whole conversation is what do I think and what do the smart people that I'm debating with in this book think about these issues? Black Lives Matter was the first chapter because everything they said was so openly wrong. It turns out if you crunch the data, less than 1,000 people are killed by cops in a typical year. Less than 300 are black. That's it. That's the whole story. Uh, and and uh, of the 300, um, how many of them were unjustly shot or unnecessarily oh, about, shot? Well, usually about five. I mean, if you – so if you really – and that's, that's a good follow-up question, obviously. If you really want to unpack this, some people would still say, well – is a higher percentage than the percentage of blacks in the population. That's about 15. So that's where you'd find the racism. But the response there is that the black crime rate is slightly, but definitely higher than the white crime rate. It is twice the white crime rate in many areas. So if you multiply 15 by two, you get the exact percentage of people that are black that are shot by the cops. The next attempt is to say, well, but what about the unarmed African-Americans killed by the police? It turns out that in the very representative year I look at for uh, Taboo, that I analyze in some depth, and again, I think this will be an academic piece, uh, the total number of unarmed black men shot specifically by white police officers, which is the claim, not other African-Americans in tough black neighborhoods, was 17. And that's pretty typical. Another year was 12, another year was 14. But the total number of even potentially unjustified killings, because if someone attacks you with a knife, you're never unjustified in shooting at them. Right. Uh, it's usually between 10 and 15. Well, Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick has announced that he's writing a memoir. Uh, I don't know, or maybe he's written it. He, he can't imagine anybody, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine anybody uh, wanting to read it, but has his um, elevation to martyr, martyrdom or whatever, been, uh, been based on a false narrative then? 
Yeah, I, I remember we talked briefly about both having been athletes sometime in the past and about Kaepernick during the last appearance. It sort of did, did a little laughing during the conversation. So first of all, Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to play any football. I mean, th- this is the funniest thing about this. The XFL just made him an offer, I believe it was $8 million, you could correct that. Kaepernick said no and responded with just these incredible, absurd demands, like my valet by the field kind of things. Um, so he, he is now, as part of what he would prefer to be, a martyr. Um, as part of that experience, he has to coming out of the memoir. I don't know what he has to say. He's an under 30-year-old backup quarterback that's currently made millions being socially active. I don't really see any inspiration there. He hasn't been elected to anything, hasn't been a general or some such. But um, is the narrative that inspires Colin Kaepernick incorrect? Yes. I think that's a deeper, more serious point. We do not have a race war in the United States, and we do not have an epidemic of trigger-happy police shooting specifically black men. The police, again, shoot less than a 1,000 people of all races and all sexes per year. If you're looking at blacks and then you're isolating that into men, that might be 200 or 250. There are 350 million Americans. So this entire storyline isn't real. It's worth noting that the number of one black and two poor white men just killed by other young males, that's about 9,000 apiece for both those groups per year. We have more than 15,000 murders per year in the country. Less than 6% of murders involve police shooting. So you can keep going with these statistics all day. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. As a white guy, um, I feel, uh, as, as, as a white guy in the media and as a white guy who worked in the sports media for as long as I have, I am always feeling uncomfortable when I say that um, I'm, I'm not feeling sorry for Colin Kaepernick because I think that his everything that he did is based on a false narrative. The immediate reaction from too many people, as far as I'm concerned, is, well, you're obviously a racist. You're a bigot. You're, you, you don't care about these all these black, young black men, innocent black men who are just being shot by the police. And even the NFL, uh, Wilford, has, has decided that they have to um, – they've, they've tried to – even though they don't want Kaepernick, no team wants him on their team. Um, they're still the, the the NFL has some kind of a uh, of a, a program going now about uh, social justice, and they're trying to show that they sympathize with what Kaepernick was saying, even though they don't think he should have said what he said. But nobody in the NFL will say will have the nerve to say, "Wait a minute." Not only did the guy do something that he shouldn't have done at the wrong time when we were paying him to play football, but what he said was based on a bunch of BS. Nobody will say that, except you and me. I don't know, you know, not too many people. Well, I think there are a lot of people in kind of quote-unquote edge media or even modern sports media. Clay Travis comes to mind. We we both have yeah. our say. Yeah. I think it's something most people... No, but what you just said gets into a lot of the storylines behind why we listen to all this woke stuff. So the NFL social media initiative, I believe that's a billion dollar initiative, and that's headed up by Jay-Z, the former rapper who's now a, a business mogul. Yeah. I mean, the owner of Rockefeller. So I would assume that what happened is that Jay-Z, who's a good businessman and probably not unfriendly with some of these Jerry Jones type of owners, said, hey, boys, it looks like you've got a problem with the left. It looks like you've got a problem with black fan base boycotting. Give me a bunch of money, and I will run this initiative that will make you look non-racist. And I'm sure the owner said, well, we're not racist in the first place. And I'm sure Jay-Z said, well, I know that, but here's the deal. And that's, this is a big problem, because at some level, a lot of this social justice crap is about money. Um, one group I always mention when I do these interviews is the Southern Poverty Law Center, mm-hmm. which has a inve- well-invested endowment of about $470 million. To put that in context, that would put you a little outside the Fortune 1000 as a business, but it's more than my college, and I teach at a state university. That's a half billion dollars. And that's the endowment. That's not annual take. I mean, normally you invest 5 to 10% of your earnings, although... Some years they've been as low as $100 million annual take. But, I mean, if you're making $100 million a year fighting racism, you've got to find some racism. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're not, you're not going to get the money anymore. So we live, yep. in, a, we live in a cancel uh, cancel culture now. What are the chances that some people will try to cancel you for writing what you wrote in your book? I mean, the chance exists. I do think that one of the things that I encourage is for people on the right, on the mainstream, the business center, to just say things that are obviously true. I mean, uh, Michael Knowles, who obviously is a man of the right, but um, gives a speech called Men Aren't Women. And I listened to the speech, and it's absolutely hilarious because everything he's saying is just this deadpan, almost nerdy stuff like men aren't women. Right. Women have a vagina. Women are capable of having children. Right. And there are screaming crowds outside when he says this. I think, in reality, 
most people, 99.9% of people understand that there's a biological difference between, at the very least, males and females. Mm -hmm. Most serious people aren't going to, quote, cancel you for doing this. So in my day-to-day life, I mean, I have tenure. Uh, Most academic professionals do if you've been there for more than three years. Similarly, if you are in the media business or the sales business and you're a rainmaker, a moneymaker, you're generally not getting fired for most of this stuff. So I encourage people to put aside some of that fear of cancellation. Um, in fact, I haven't seen that happen. I don't think I'll see that happen. I've seen a lot of anger and hostility on Twitter, but you know what you can do with the computer? Turn it off. Right. I mean, Twitter's not reality. Less than 10% of Americans are on Twitter. Right, right. Hey, um, what is reality is I'm out of time, uh, Wilford. I, always good to have you on. I want to do it again. Uh, the, good. The, the book is Taboo, 10 Facts You Can't Talk About. We just talked about a bunch of them, so I'm glad we did. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Have a good day, John. You too. That's Wilford C. Riley. He's a professor at Kentucky State University, and we will be right back. Stay where you are. Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60 percent, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. I'm Andy Solomon. T-Mobile has launched the country's first and only nationwide 5G network covering more than 5,000 cities and towns all across the country. Here's Senior Vice President of Network Engineering and Development, Mark McDermott. This launch immediately catapults T-Mobile into position as the country's biggest 5G network, covering more than 1 million square miles beyond the big cities to the small towns, and that's just the start. And now available are two new 5G Superphones that can access nationwide 5G. The exclusive OnePlus 7T Pro 5G McLaren and the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G. And we'll be able to supercharge the 5G network with more speed and capacity if the pending merger with Sprint closes. This holiday season, get a great deal on a 5G phone at T-Mobile. For more information, visit tmobile.com. You might wonder why Australians always seem so relaxed. Well, it comes down to sleep, and we can sleep like a koala full of gum leaves. So we've invented a solution to your sleep problems. It's called Pronto Sleep. Pronto Sleep is a two-in-one solution that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Pronto gently opens your nose to focus breathing so you can relax and fall into the land of Nod. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils all night long for a butte sleep naturally. Then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Clever, eh? And does it work? Well, in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep. 74% found it helped them stay asleep. You'll find Pronto now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep is the gift of sleep from Australia. From RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and roles for recurring automated marketing text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11 We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text... 
SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS to 246810. Text SOCKS to 246810. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So, you know how many A's I got in high school in four years? Freshman year to senior year? None. I never got an A. Not one. I graduated, there were 276, it's all guys, a a boys Catholic school, all boys Catholic school. Uh, I think I ranked 249 out of 276. I don't know why I remembered that number. That's not something to be proud of. I don't think it was necessarily because I was stupid. I I think maybe I fooled around a lot and didn't uh, do the work. But anyway, the reason I bring this up is because apparently there's a trend now, especially in liberal circles, and this is happening out around Madison, Wisconsin, which is one of the most liberal areas in the country. They're not giving out A, B, C, D, E, F grades anymore. They're giving out X, not the letter X, E, X, M, D, V, or E. X, E, X is exceeding. Student consistently exceeds grade level expectations for the end of the year. Meeting is M. M stands for meeting. Student consistently meets grade level expectations for the end of the year. DEV is developing. Student is developing understanding and an approach and and is approaching grade level expectations for the end of the year. I would have got a lot of D's. I I did get a lot of D's, but they didn't mean developing. They meant they meant almost failed. Uh and then emerging, student begins to show initial understanding of grade level expectations for the end of the year. I did a lot of emerging. I just never, I don't think I made it up to meeting, which is student consistently meet. Who comes up with this stuff? Well, I, liberals. But in other school districts, the terms failure, this is a piece from uh, Daily Wire. Um, in other school districts, the terms failure and at risk are also being scrubbed, it says here. And um, so that's what you got. Uh, no more AF grading system, although out in Ohio, they tried to pull this off, and the parents got together and said, we're not putting up with it. Out of 176 parents who took the survey, 137 of them said, nah, we're sticking, we want to stick with A to F. So I don't know. Would my grades have been better if I'd have been able to get an X, E-X, instead of an F? I got a few of those and Ds. I don't know. But I graduated. I barely graduated. So I, I didn't. I didn't get too many M's, I guess, because I didn't meet what I was supposed to meet. But I did okay. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.